Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are continuing our series called Planted. And y'all, we have one week left. I am joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by lead pastor Jose Avaroa. Jose, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Taylor. And y'all are in for a treat because for the very first time, we are welcoming the student pastor, Johnny Young, to the podcast. Johnny, welcome to the Conversations Podcast. Hello there. Thank you so much, Taylor. I appreciate that intro. Absolutely. I'm just amped and wired. Jose, we'd love to give you the first word as we look at what it looks like to speak up. I wish we were all as excited to share our story and speak up as you are excited about this podcast, Taylor. Yes, we talked about sharing our story, the significance, and the great opportunity that we have to be a part of God's mission here on earth to tell people about Jesus and share how we have come to know Jesus, or at least the reason why we're seeking after Jesus if we're not not there yet. So that's the significance of not only the message, but the reason behind the Oaks Project. We are growing our facilities here because our church is growing, because more and more people are having these seeds of the gospel take root and be planted in their hearts. And it's just amazing to be a part of this growth that happens when God cultivates uh, his truth in our in our lives. And you mentioned just on Sunday, uh, we're in the midst of this 40 days of prayer, almost at the end of this, leading up to December 10th. Uh, but Jose, one of the things you said is some people would much rather talk about money than That's talking right. about yeah. sharing your story. Yeah. And it's true. I think sometimes we even, it's like, it's much easier to pay someone or see that as like a professional missionary's job versus a calling that's on all of our lives. Why is that so important? And why do you think that we don't like talking about <laughs> sharing Well, your story? two things. It's so important because we all we all have a story and, and we're all called to be missionaries. We're, we're we're all called to live here on earth on on mission and and the second thing it's e- it's even more important for those that aren't pastors or been Christians for a long time to share their story because it has a sense of authenticity uh, with it. So when people hear a story that's maybe more recent or that's not as polished, you know, I, I we, we talk about this all, all the time and, and, and it becomes rehearsed to a certain point that sometimes it comes off as, you know, too polished. And so we need to be real with, with people and, and that communicates in a way that maybe a message on Sunday morning doesn't. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. The whole stories thing actually spoke to me a lot this week. And so we do a football Bible study every single week. And I was trying to think of just what to tell them and what to inspire them with. They're actually about to go into, you know, like possibly state soon. And so I was like, man, what do I do? And so I just thought, why don't I just share my story? And so I did that and I began to talk to them about, you know, their stories and they just seemed like, hooked on it. And I was like, that was something that was just so simple. And that was what God put on my heart. It's not something that, you know, like I can just write up and always tell to people, but it's something that like God convicts me with. Cause I feel like I tell it different every single yeah. time. Yeah. And then I even wrote it like a whole outline for all the high school students on just breaking down what their story is. And I think the cool part that you kind of mentioned is I mean, everyone's got one. And so talking about the holiday season, everyone has this gift that God has given us. And, you know, we're called to share it. And, you know, one of the last things Jesus told us before he ascended was to go and make disciples. And we're thinking, how do we do that? Well, we all have that story to share. 
That's so good. Jose, you kind of had three points with questions with each one on this topic of how do we speak up? And the first one is to stir up compassion. And the challenge question is, do I see people the way that Jesus does? Uh, You can read throughout any of the gospels and pretty much pick anywhere in there about uh, how Jesus lived and you see the compassion that he modeled and see the compassion that he, he lived. Johnny, I feel like you do this so well as far as not only just to the students that you minister to, but even just to friends and how you carry yourself with compassion. But I know there can be times, at least for me, where that can be hard some days, depending on who it is or the situation I'm in. So how did the two of you continue to stir up compassion? Practically, what, what does that look like to keep it at the forefront of your heart? Oh, man. Yeah. Whenever I'm speaking, whenever there's worship going, you always just have like middle school boys or some group <laughs> just shouting out, messing with each other, not paying attention, leaving trash. And it's at those moments that sometimes it's hard to you know give compassion. But one thing is that whenever you give compassion in those moments, like I see those as opportunities to express like love where like, you know, they probably wouldn't expect it. So like, for example, like I have two hammocks that I always bring for Jay High and one time, you know, they were kind of being rough with it and they broke it completely in half. And, you know, they looked at me and they were like all scared. And in that moment, I could have chosen to be like, guys, like, are you serious? But instead I just showed compassion and I was like, hey, like, that's all right. We got another one. It's just one less thing to set up. And uh, like they knew, you know, what was right and what was wrong. And in that moment, it was cool because they see that now it's like there's this comfort level. And I feel like through doing that so much, they've been able to listen a lot better. They've been able to engage during worship a lot better. And I mean, I was just in their shoes. That's what helps about being so young is like, I get it. You know, I understand how hard it is to, yeah, to um, just, you know, show so much attention and sit there. And so, yeah, no, I I definitely see how it can be difficult, but there's so much opportunity there. I love that you mentioned that, Johnny, because I too think about the compassion that others had on me when I was starting out, when I was uh, questioning everything, when I had doubts, when I acted arrogant and still do, right, at times. Um, But, you know, the, the folks that brought me in here to this church had incredible compassion on me. And that's because I think they, they saw me for me. They didn't see me as a project. They didn't see me as a task. They didn't see me as an obligation. And I think that's really important. When we see other people, we don't need to see them as, oh, I have to see them come to know Jesus. That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to see where they're at, how they're doing, and meet them right there mm-hmm. and love them unconditionally, with no agenda, with no expectation of of what we return. That's how Jesus sees us. He lavishes his love on us, and and he says, "Here, here you go, it's free. And it's not until we open up our eyes and realize, oh my goodness, I did nothing to earn or deserve that love that God gave me through this, through that person or through that miraculous gift that came in, whatever it may be, that's the love, that's agape love. And and that's how we're called to, to love others and the place that we need to be sharing our story from. Uh, that love and just the compassion that Jesus had probably was one of the key factors that drove many of us to Christ, that it kind of drew us in. I know that's for my story and, and who I am. But I think about some that are listening, they may not be in a environment that is very compassionate. It may be a workplace that is just not the most forgiving or loving, maybe even just in their own home. They, they try to to be compassionate towards their kids or the spouse, but, but it's really challenging. So how, how do you in the midst of just even the general world around us that does not show compassion, how, 
how do you kind of garner and show and display the kind of compassion that Christ had for us? I'm going to bounce this question back to you because I want to hear, I want to hear your take on this, Taylor. I think that we have to sit with Jesus. This has to be a place, uh, we, (laughs) excuse me, we, we have to give what we have received from the Lord. It's the only place that we can receive that type of radical love for others that are difficult that are difficult to love. And again, you look at the gospel message, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So it has to come from being with Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's the same way. And practically for me, that's what I try to think about here is what does that practically look like? I think it's it's reading. We we talk about reading in the Word, reading in the mornings is typically the time I find best. Uh, For me, it can even look like reading in some of the Gospels, just reminding myself of the stories. Um, Sometimes I haven't read some of them since Sunday school (laughs) back as a kid. So it's like, okay, what were these stories, seeing the interactions? And then I think community group is super awesome because it's a chance to talk about Jesus with one another. And so there's a chance to share stories of, of what he's done in our lives. And then there's also, thankfully nowadays, I think some really high quality, whether it's like the chosen or other things out there that I can kind of have as supplemental resources or ways that I can kind of spend time with Jesus just by watching their depiction of who he was or just even uh, other books or things like that. So to your point, Jose, I think it's the spending time with Jesus and um, you know, Proverbs talks about this, but we're a product of who we're around. That's that's both a worldly concept and even just the, the biblical concept. And so the more time we spend with Jesus, the more he's going to rub off on you. But Johnny, would you add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, I just agree with both of those as far as just that as we get poured into, that's how we can pour out and that's how it could be more of a natural thing. We're not trying to force anyone into becoming, you know, a Christian. And I mean, that's not even what Jesus does. And it's all about planting that seed. And even just going to like coffee shops are known as just holy places in San Marcos because man, there are Christians everywhere just meeting up, discipling others, reading their Bibles and stuff. And there's so many opportunities that I've had being in a coffee shop where I'm like, God, like, do you want me to like, I feel this conviction to like talk to someone. I've walked up to people and I've been like, Hey, I just like want to like feel like I need to invite you to crosstalk or I'll just talk to them about scripture, about the Bible. And maybe if it's another Christian, I'll talk about, you know, Hey, what are you reading and stuff and hear their story. And so there's just so many cool opportunities that God can give you if you pray for those opportunities, but also if you're just surrounding yourself, like what you said, by just reading the word and just getting to know who God is. I have to brag on Johnny because you really do that really well. I'll meet a guy that just walks in by himself at church and I'm like, hey, you know, he looks like he's in college. I'm like, hey, are you connected to anybody? Do you know anyone here? How'd you hear about Cyprus? And they'll be like, oh, this this guy Johnny invited me or oh, I, I played Frisbee with this guy Johnny. And I'm like, oh, I know where he's sitting. Let me take you to him. So <laughs> you really do do that well. And to right. your point, it's it's a lifestyle. It's not something that you can just kind of turn on and say, okay, for 30 minutes, I'm going to I'm gonna invite people or live on mission. It's, it's yeah. just, you're constantly in that mode. And so you, you do that really really well. Jose, the second part here, sharing our story, the question here is, how is God moving in my life today? Uh, we talked about this on the, on, the, on the front end, but people listening, they're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not a professional missionary. I'm not getting paid to go uh, share my story with other people. So, so what do I say? What do I do? And then Johnny, you alluded to just sharing your story with these, these football players. What does that practically look like? Like, is there any just kind of practical, break it down for us? What, what did you share, what you didn't share, and just how you navigated all of that? Yeah, that's what I kind of did in the the high school outline is because a lot of them just don't know what 
to say whenever they're sharing their story. And I actually think of this often that I'm like, man, you know, there's probably a lot of people who are not Christ followers that never get to share their story with anyone, which just feels so heavy on my heart. And so we kind of break it down as far as what was your life like before Jesus? What were you searching for in, you know, security and love and compassion and your purpose and your identity? And then how did you come to know Jesus? What did that look like? What was that interaction like and then just the whole after jesus of like what was that process like of turning things over to him of having this new identity of living into that and um i mean a big thing was man men's encounter was just so impactful for me and something cool was the whole like you know we were once slaves but now we're free and then i was sitting there thinking like why is there such a struggle to just be like oh i'm free like let me just never you know act like how i was before And I thought practically of those words of, man, think of like an actual slave who was a slave, you know, for part of his life or her life, and then is just set free. They're not going to just immediately go into freedom and like living into that naturally. I mean, some people might, but a lot of times there's probably going to be these tendencies and habits. And I think that we're the same way that, you know, we still are just needing to be reminded that we're free. We're still needing to have others come alongside us and share their story of, man, like this is how I've been free and it'll be encouraging and teach us too. That's so good, man, because oftentimes, especially in our bondage to sin, the lie of the enemy is that we're the only ones. Yeah. And so the power of your story is that you share with other people, oh, you too. Mm-hmm. You struggled with that. You thought that. You did that. And then when you break the ice and you put it out into the light, all of a sudden you are now, that that, that allows you to walk in, in freedom in, yeah. in a much stronger way. That's the power of encounter. Encounter is a big aha you too. I'm not alone in this type weekend. And uh, I, I thought it was, it was an amazing weekend also. And always a great reminder for me of what God did. I think another cool thing is I have a cup of coffee here that I had to warm up this morning. Um, and there's a difference between a microwaved cup of coffee to a fresh cup of coffee. And I'm going somewhere because oftentimes we microwave our stories. Oh yeah, well, 25 years ago, 40 years ago, and you tell your testimony, which is fantastic. We need to share that story. But I think there's also power in what is fresh that God is doing in your life right Mm -hmm. now, because we don't ever stop growing. So after we come to faith in Jesus, it's not like, oh, we made it. Yeah, (laughs) We're, We're in a constant journey of sanctification and becoming more like Jesus. So what is God refining in you in the season? What's the fresh cup of coffee that that he's brewing in your life? And and share that because again, people would much rather talk to someone that's being real than someone who's been, oh yeah, I got right with God 25 years ago or 30 years ago or 10 years ago. Well, great. The person that you're talking to is not there. And so they just feel inferior now because they're not where you're at right yeah and and so our story of what god is doing with us right now is is also really powerful that's really powerful it's also really hard i don't know about y'all but yeah. there are days where I, I like i look at this question jose you asked how's god moving in my life today if i'm being honest there's some days i couldn't tell you like i i just haven't stopped to think about it i haven't stopped to be mindful or looking for that and so i think that's even a first step for people before you're even you know worried about okay Who's it going to be? Or how am I going to say it? It's just stopping and being like, okay, no, really, God, what, what are you doing? Just for me, just tell me, like, what, what is it? Because he's always moving. And I, that's just one of the convicting things in my heart is I realize, like, oh, he is always at work in my life every single day. It's just that I usually am either so busy or distracted, and so I'm not really being mindful of that. Let's practice that. How's God moving in your lives right now? 
Let's talk about it. Model, let's let's oh, model. Oh man, Johnny. I mean, for me, cheat code is encounter. And <laughs> if you haven't signed up, sign up for next year. <laughs> Early signups open. Um, but he's been working in my life because going into encounter, man, like God was revealing to me just how much I needed yeah. to just sit and be still with him. Yeah. And man, I got to do that. And like I was even just reading so much scripture like during that time too. And like I've been brought back to this point where it feels like right whenever I accepted Jesus and just that curiosity I had for him and that mm. passion and that like love. And I like walked up to, you know, one of my friends on Sunday. I was like, hey, like we're both reading this plan. Like, did you read about that? Like, wasn't that crazy? And they're like, yeah, that's crazy. And it's just been cool that like God took me from this place of, man, I had this need. And then I like called out to him and he answered. And we sang that at worship night last night. Mm -hmm. And he gave me this just new curiosity and love for him. And so it's just like, man, the Bible is meant to be read in a circular, you know, way of just continue to go back to him, continue to learn new ways to just love God and get to know him. It's alive and active. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sharper than a double-edged sword. Amen. The, for me, it's uh, his grace is sufficient mm -hmm. today. Like for me today, it's, yeah. it's not tomorrow. It wasn't yesterday, although that's true, but today is the only time that I can be present in God's grace. So really allowing that to be enough for me. Cause I, I struggle with trying to get things done. I struggle with trying to, uh, you know, fix. And sometimes I, I need to surrender the fact that, that I can't do all those things, but what I can do is rest in his grace and allow that to fuel whatever I need to be doing on, on a, on a daily basis yeah, because it's enough. Yeah. I think something the last weekend uh, God's been teaching me is just that it's a lot simpler to follow Jesus than I make it out to be. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's a lot more simple. And I think that I'm, I can definitely overcomplicate it. I can, I get stuck asking a bunch of questions. And so I need to know, you know, where God's taking me or what's next or what he's doing before I kind of jump in. And he's just asking me to be faithful and just asking me to take the next step. So there's so much peace and freedom in that, but I just recognize how easy it is for me to kind of, my, my type A planner type just wants to know all the answers. And really it's like, okay, what is that one thing that God's asked me to do today and focus on and, and just follow him from there? Yeah, there you go. See, we can share that story with others because there's so many people that are dying for a, for a fresh cup of water or coffee. <laughs> and, and, and that's what we're able to, to give when we really share what, what God is up to in, in our day to day. I had never thought of this, Johnny, until you just said it earlier, but it, that's pretty powerful when you, when you talked about how people who aren't believers probably haven't gotten chances, many chances to share their story. And that's wild. Like I, it is sad to me that I think about, and yet can be such a powerful, uh, on-ramp or just opportunity to share Christ because as they start sharing their story, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of lay out the before Christ section right in front of your eyes. And so I think that's a really neat, that's a really neat Here, thing. Here's a, here's a nice motivator for that. In Luke chapter 10, um, uh, Jesus prepares the disciples to share their story. He sends out the 72 and he tells them, go and it, once, once you share the gospel, then if the person, if the house receives it, stay there. If not, move on. And, and so the idea is that there are people that God is calling and bringing to himself all around us. We just have to go fishing. And I think oftentimes we think that we go fishing when, 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 when we talk about sharing our story, sharing the gospel, we, we, we think we're going fishing in ponds and lakes that 
there are no fish in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the truth is, there's tons of fish. We just have to put the hook in the water. If you don't share the gospel, if you don't go out, your hook's not in the water. You're not going to catch anything. But but you got to be willing to go knowing that there are people that are waiting to hear your specific story. That's what, you know, going back to my story really quick, it was a t-shirt that I was wearing. I love this. I was wearing my high school t-shirt at a tryout at Texas State for the club soccer team that connected me to this other guy who who was a part of this church. He had gone to a to a school around my school. So he knew my school. So that was our conversation starter. You know, so he used that as a bridge to start a conversation with me. And and so we got to look for opportunities to connect to other people. Once we do, we we, we don't know where that's going to lead, but those can be of God. That's yeah, that's really good. What was his first name, by the way? That name was Taylor. Oh, yeah. look at that's that. A good name. Look at that. Yeah, not 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 this Taylor, no. my wife Taylor, another Taylor. There you go. Life is Taylor made. That's right. That's right. Okay, first Peter, uh, you talk about this, Jose, before, uh, but just even on Sunday, the power of hope and asking that. As we share our stories, the significance of hope, something maybe we often think about, maybe I don't know, your sports team, you're hoping we'll make the playoffs, or you know, we talk about hope in a church context around Christmas. But what is so significant about just weaving in what our hope is in when it comes to sharing our story. Yeah, the reason for the hope. So what is the why behind your hope? Dig down to why uh, do you know that your sins are forgiven? Why are you okay with being an imperfect follower of Jesus? Why do you make it a priority to go to church on Sundays, to listen to this podcast, to go to community group? If, if you dig down to why you need Jesus and why you need his word and his people, then then that will help you say, oh, yeah, that, that, that that's the significance of this hope that I have in, in, in Jesus. So it helps us identify, you know, why, why we need God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's cool. And whenever you say, like, I don't know, connecting hope into your story, I was thinking, like, man, whenever you tell your story, like, also make sure that it's not I mean, it's your story, but it's not just about you. Like the whole point of sharing your story is like, what if you told it in a way that Jesus and, you know, God's the main character. And then that is where the hope is because a lot of people are sharing their story. And like, if it's not involving Jesus or God, it's like, man, their hope is in everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, just a worldly story, but there's something completely different in that. Like we found the truth. And like, that's a completely different story. And that's a story full of hope, not just for us and that we got to live it out and that we look forward to the future, but that's a story of hope for whoever's listening. And you never know what part of your story, like you were saying, Jose, is going to actually, you know, plant that seed and reach someone else. Best part about that is that that distinguishes our story with any other faith or way, especially now, because our story is that we have submitted our lives to a truth. Mm. So the main story or the main character of the story is, is God, is Jesus, whereas if you ask a successful person, you know, the main character of their story and their success in business or in school or in whatever, in sports, it's going to be the athlete. Mm-hmm. But the the Christian says what a lot of athletes say, thankfully, they say, no, glory to God. He gave me these gifts. He put me here on earth to do this. So I'm going to give him the the credit back. And, and, it, and it's, 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 it, blah. <laughs> contrasts greatly to this whole my, my truth deal where, well, 
I believe in this. This is my truth. Well, that's great, but you're still the one does, you know, figuring out what that truth is versus the believer in Jesus comes under capital T truth. And we say, no, we're, 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 we're following. We're not leading. We're not creating. We're submitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. This third point here is set sail. And Jose, you had a question here. Who is God wanting me to share with? I'll get to the serious question in a second. But on Sunday, you mentioned that you've been sailing before. And you casually mentioned that oh, you yes. like collapsed the sail yeah okay, it so fell it's a over very small sailboat it's a two-person sailboat okay but still yeah what, what happened there was, i need to know the it story was a, it was a summer camp <laughs> at a the swim gym summer camp in key biscayne florida and we were told to just go out there and figure it out and so i got the mast wrong it was me and a buddy and uh we had life jackets um there, there were sharks in in the bay true story what? yeah there were other people fishing and they were catching sharks while we were sailing <laughs> and i got the mast wrong and so when the wind caught the sail then the boat turned around and flipped and so we had to turn the sailboat on. Again, it's a two-person sailboat. So it's like, you know, it's not too big. It's maybe 10 feet or so, 12 maybe. And uh, so we had to turn it over, and it was a lot of work. Wow. So that's in shark-infested waters. In shark-infested there, waters. There's a sermon illustration yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. You, you should have kept going with that. Yeah. But as we bring it back to what this means for us, um, I love this analogy here about setting sail because this is a part where... I guess, again, for me, I can begin to overthink this, this question of who is God wanting me to share with? And I can be like, I can come up with a list, try to narrow it down, then rule, come up with every excuse possible to just rule everyone off the list. But Jose, what's so powerful just about this, uh, this concept that this is in God's hands and that he really is doing the work? I can't get over Philip's story in Acts chapter 8 because it is amazing how he just goes where God wants him to go. So I don't think that he in his wildest dreams is thinking that he's going to meet um, a, a representative of the Ethiopian kingdom uh, on his way, you know? And so you you never know who you're going to meet. I was going to share this story on Sunday. I've shared it before, but meeting the captain of Afghan's, uh, Afghanistan's cricket team at the airport this summer, you know, I was, I was going to Uganda. That was the mission. And yet on the way, I got to meet him. I got to share the gospel with him. We got to talk about family, our kids. And, and that was just something that I will always cherish in my heart. We've tried to stay in contact and, and you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who God's going to put in your life to share the most significant message that, that we have to share more than any get rich scheme or anything. It's find faith and know God, the creator who gave us access to the kingdom of heaven here on earth and then gave us access to heaven forever. So um, it, it's just fun to set sail and see who God puts in your path. Yeah, I definitely think that everyone has at least one person that God's been giving you favor with. And maybe it's in a classroom, maybe it is a friend that maybe knows Jesus, maybe doesn't, maybe it's a family member, but everyone has at least just one person that God's been giving them favor with that might be keep on, you know, coming into your life in different ways. And so maybe that's the person, or maybe if that is just something that you feel like you cannot do at all, maybe just start with writing down your story. And that way you can tell yourself your story for the first time, maybe, and maybe that'll help you to start to share it more and more because the more you do it, the easier it becomes. That's right. 
Jose, what a way to close off not only the series, but just even the season that our church is in. We'd love to give you the final word. It's Christmas. Jesus is everywhere, or at least opportunities to share about Jesus being God's one and only son. And so let's be about that. Let's be about the good news coming here on earth, being the incarnation of of our creator God to save and redeem, not condemn, not chastise, not discipline, but to love us and usher us into his family and his kingdom. I hope that this encourages you and uh, looking forward to our next conversation. Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.